All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesco. Gentlemen, I feel like I need to reintroduce myself to you <laughs> yeah, and our a, listeners. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a little while since we've gotten together and recorded an episode, but that's how it goes sometimes in the summer. Look, sometimes you need a break. That's true. Sometimes I'm on break and I'm not supposed to be on break, but sometimes that happens. <laughs> that's Bri- true. Brian spends time at the beach and look, yeah, that's look true. let's be honest, Scott, you alluded to it at the end of last season, like sometimes you need a little bit of a break. Like it was kind of a grueling season. No, it's absolutely true. I mean, I'm definitely on record as saying that I was uh, suffering from burnout, hitting a wall at the end of last season, and uh, and so it's been a nice little break. But FPL is getting us ready for the new season. We've got schedules out from the Premier League. We've got player prices out from FPL. Slowly but surely, business is being done by clubs, bringing in new players. So we're going to talk about some of this stuff and start getting you ready for the upcoming 21-22 season, which is right now, as we're recording, just a little over a month away. Crazy. Crazy. I looked at my kids, Brian, earlier today. Actually, that's not true. Yesterday. And I said to them, you know school starts back in like five weeks, right? Yeah, but that came they, up That came up uh, last night. They were soul-crushed. Soul crushed. Yeah, I know. It's It always creeps up on you faster than you think. And I think once you, yeah, it feels like, oh, it's July. We still have a lot of time. And it's like, no, it's not that much time. No. I really no, just no, no, want to no. know why you didn't look at your kids today. I looked at them today and probably said some things. Mm. But okay. that's it. Okay. Very good. <laughs> All right. So I've already outlined what we're here to do. The real question, gentlemen, is where do you want to begin? Many things have now happened. Remember, last time we recorded, not much had really happened yet. Euros True. were starting. It was about a month ago-ish. Yep. Euros were almost over. Now we're into the semifinals. We're not going to talk much about that. But, hey, three lines are still on the prowl. Uh, I, I would like to – I was going to say if I can start where my knowledge of things is right now. Holy cow, did you see what happened to Christian Eriksen? That was crazy. <laughs> That's true. Brian wasn't here. The he last wasn't time. here when we talked about this. <laughs> that was wild, man. What a what a thing to see. That was a thing. That was scary. Anyways, so I've already what? I've already ranted on Mike about about that. Hey, you know what though? Last time we were together, I ranted about how they made Denmark finish that match, and now here they are playing England wow. in the semifinals. Wow, it's pretty crazy, look right? For them, yeah, I mean, great look for them. for them. Look at them. Yeah, I'll look for them and at them for sure on Wednesday when they're playing. And yeah. I, I hope they get run off the field. 
No. I, I'm rooting for the three lines. All right, moving on to more important things. I want to start with managers, okay? Because okay. there's been multiple managers uh, signed that I think two of the three, I was thinking three, that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. If only there was a way, Brian, we could actually know exactly all the new managers. But I think there is all, no way. All the Premier League sides have filled their spots. Okay. okay Uncle Roy's out. Patrick True. Patrick Vieira has now moved in. Which, yeah. look, as an Arsenal fan, Arsenal great player, I just don't know much about him as a manager. So, yeah, uh, we'll see. Obviously, he seemed to impress someone. I don't know. I don't know. I think Crystal Palace are spinning their wheels. I might consider them for relegation in our preseason pods. Wow. wow. Okay. Interesting. Uh, sh- show, me, show me what they've got. I mean, we know, it, we know Zaha and Eze up front, right? Benteke scored some goals late in the season. Are they still counting on him to do I that? Know. Have they signed any? Do they, they have anyone under anyone 35 yet? playing midfield back? For sure. No. Well, they probably got the MacArthur and McCarthy, right? Those guys MacArthur, are... MacArthur, MacArthur. Yeah. Those guys are good, right? <laughs> MacArthur right. is really <laughs> the one you got to look out for this year. All right. No, their midfield is thin. Everything is thin for them right For now. sure. So. You're right. Is, honestly, Scott, in fairness... If they, this doesn't work out... Maybe Palace... Is on the. They're spinning the sink is on drain. The, is if, on the if list. This doesn't work out early in the season. They they might have started the downhill slide. I yeah. wanted to talk about mainly though, because we talked to we talked about this before. I was concerned about Spurs assets. You were concerned. Well, FPL wise. Oh, like okay. Kenming Sun. Yeah. Perennially is it a top five FPL score? Sure. There's a managerial change. Mm-hmm. There could be no one knows what Kane's doing yet. <laughs> um, is Delhi going to come back and play? You know, and now, like a lot of lot of question marks there. You look at Sun, reasonably priced. I think he's at a ten zero, and then but you look at where he finishes every year. It's in the top five. So my thoughts are is like when I'm looking at I'm trying to put a team together, Brian is, what do I think about Hyunming Sun? What do I think about Nuno Espirito Santo as the new Spurs manager? Sun finished last season at 9-6, if I'm looking at the, at the numbers correctly. And as you said, he's going to start the new season at 10. That's not an increase that scares you, right? No, 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 no. It's less the price and more what will happen with the new manager. For sure. It's, it's you know, Nuno Espirito Santo, no one shied away from any Wolves assets when he was their manager. So I don't... I don't think there's any reason to look at this and go, uh, I don't know. M- what affects Sun more, in my opinion, is Kane, maybe. Yeah. And, Brian, there's probably stats on this. Sun's production when Kane's not in the lineup yeah, there versus are, when Kane is in the lineup. Yeah, there are sure are numbers out there, but they're not numbers you're going to hear tonight on this podcast. <laughs> um, Needless to say, I mean, the memory of last season is, especially early in the season, Son and Kane fed off each other like two men have rarely fed off of each other before. I think Kane set a Premier League record last year with his goals and assists combined. Right, right. That's exactly right. And so you have to expect a natural dip, I think, if Son is playing without Harry Kane. But, of course, there's a question of, you know, who would he play with Instead, because clearly they're not going to just lose Harry Kane and do nothing about that. Right. In fact, I think the uh, the laundry list of players Nuno wants to bring in is already pretty long. We'll see how many of them that he can actually get in. This is Spurs after all. But, you know, one of the popular rumors early on uh, in the summer was that, you know, Kane would go to City 
and City would send back money and some players, maybe a couple of players, and one of the names that's been mentioned is Raheem Sterling. And if the rumors are true that Jack Grealish is on his way to Manchester City, it makes sense why Raheem Sterling could be expendable to make a Harry Kane deal possible. In my mind, those two don't make don't play the same position. You know about Sterling and Grealish? Mm-hmm. They don't play the same position, do they? Um, I, I, well, first of all, we're talking about Pep Guardiola. Every player plays roughly 3.7 positions when you play for Manchester City. You just have to be able to be interchangeable parts. We know this. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, I, I, I could easily see that being a change. If you gain Kane and Grealish and you only lose Sterling from that equation, I could see that being something Pep would be eager to do, especially when you consider what Manchester City accomplished last year without a great forward. I mean, yeah. obviously Harry Kane, it, you know, he scored a couple of goals in the last couple of matches in the Euros, but early on in the tournament, he looked like a shadow of himself. Late in the season last year for Spurs, uh, you know, earlier this spring, he looked like a shadow of himself. But if he's able to come in and be Harry Kane, capital H, capital K, he's going to provide a whole lot more than Sergio Aguero and Gabriel Jesus provided at that position. That is a massive upgrade for Manchester City. By the way, we're talking about a Harry Kane, since this is about the player prices here, who's 125 to start the season, which is a decent increase from where he was last season. Huge increase. Yeah, and that there's nobody, I mean, not really anyone within that big of a shout of distance from him by price. The closest forward is two pounds cheaper. That's Jamie Vardy. We've already said don't go near him to start the new season. And then you have Aubameyang after that at 10, who's massively overpriced in my opinion. So, yeah, you're either going to spend a ton of money on Harry Kane by the way, that's a that's a change back to forward. Yeah, for I was going to say welcome, welcome back to yeah, uh, welcome back to forward. Ten Pierre pounds, absolutely no thank you. So Vardy's a big no, Aubameyang's a big no, and then obviously you're down into the nines after that. So Harry Kane, you're spending three pounds more if you go to Harry Kane than on anyone else you're going to bring in at forward. Hey, look, this is going to be uh, highly controversial, Scott. What else are we good for? I know that this, how crazy this is going to sound. Aubameyang didn't play in the Euros. He didn't play in Copa America. He's just been training every day, and Arsenal doesn't have any European matches. I'm just saying there is a chance he might be worth the 10. Like, you might be wildcarding thinking in week three or four, thinking, how the heck do I get Aubameyang into my squad? That would not surprise me. I know how dumb that sounds. I'm not being a homer. Anyone's listened to me. I usually shy people away from Arsenal. I try to not own them. In fact, I had one in my team, and then I realized a bet you and I already had, and I had to get rid of a guy because I have to have <laughs> Ward-Prowse on my team. You have to have James Ward-Prowse in your lineup all season long. That's so, absolutely true. Uh, I, realized, way, 6. I started 5? realizing the gravity of this bet. Like, 6.5 James Ward-Prowse? That's not terrible. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not killing me But at he's got to stay. As long as there's not a red triangle on his name, he's got to I've got to keep him lineup. in the lineup. That's exactly oh my right. Gosh, this, what, I what? love that you did this. How, how oh. did I... That is the only way we could have raised the stakes on bets after doing this podcast for four years is for you to agree to keep James Ward-Prowse in your lineup all season long. I think that's outstanding. I hope Aubameyang didn't play in the Copa America. I, yeah, Anyways, I know. I smiled this... as he was saying that, Brian, because it's like he said that as if he tried out for the Euros or he tried out <laughs> no, for the Copa he, America no, like... and didn't make it. 
All He's from Africa. Look, right, there's a lot of right. guys. Yeah. Harry Kane, yeah, I, I, Ryan I, I, Sterling. These guys might not that, start the I, beginning that, of the season. And I was going to say Did that you say about Ryan Sterling. Ryan Sterling. No, yeah. I was going to say that about. Pretty sure I said Raheem. <laughs> Raheem. The, what I was going to say about Harry Kane is that, I mean, I feel like that is the question for everyone who's playing deep into any tournament right for sure. now. Yep. It's the, we, we do it every time. I mean, we've done it, we did it just a, not too long ago with World Cup players, you know, where we're questioning whether or not you're, I mean, they, they're, not, they're almost useless for the first two to four weeks of the season. For sure. Yep. So, because I mean, they're required to get two weeks off. And then, obviously, they join their training camps late, and and they they bed into the squads the best they can. But that's that kind of thing takes time, and these squads yeah. are molding together without them in the meantime. It's absolutely the case. Uh, going back to Harry Kane, Dave, you said you put your squad together. I I didn't catch if you said this or not. Is Harry Kane in your squad? No, no. Okay, I I kind of tried to stay away from players, although I have one or two. That are playing deep in. In fact, I might have to reconsider. Okay. I have TAA in my squad, but that's a Luke, great idea. But Luke Shaw, I do have Luke Shaw in my squad. He's playing competitive and he's matches. He's playing right competitive now. matches right yep. now. So, I mean, but for the most part, everyone else in my squad is not playing. That's not true, Jack Grealish. But Jack Grealish hasn't been crushing minutes. He's been subbing in at like 60, right? Uh, yeah, if that. Yeah. So I feel like. I mean, and he's so important to Villa if he's still a Villa player at the beginning sure. of the season yeah. that I feel like he would he would probably be in there. I am, though, because of this uncertainty, pretty well-versed. I only – like, normally I, I try to start a season not spending, like, any money on my bench. Mm-hmm. This year, because of the Euros – You're going to spend some money on your bench. A little bit. In other words, okay. they're going to be guys who are starting. The only guy who's not playing, and I know this, is Jed Steer. Backing up Emiliano <laughs> Martinez. All right. Are, is he Villa keeper? He is Argent. Yeah. No, no, no. No, Jed Steer. What Jed Steer, yeah. So you're doing the handcuff strategy. I am. Keeper. I am. Interesting. And the other thing is, but again, I know the, I know the guy, Emiliano Martinez. He is still working as the starting goalkeeper currently for Argentina in the Copa America. Yes, he is. But How he's th- a goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper. Whatever. Wow. Whatever. We're just we're throwing shade like that. No, that's not shade. That's that's Tim Howard in the NBC studio saying goalkeepers don't need rest. <laughs> that's just true. Yeah. Fair no, enough. Totally and, and, and everyone knows how important he is to Villa. So Can I just can we talk about goalkeeper for a second? So just like There's last There's still one manager I want to talk about, but but okay, yes. Okay, so we'll hold that thought. All right. We've been bouncing around and I kind of like this. So let's All keep right. doing it. Let's 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 do stream of consciousness James Joyce <laughs> style podcasting Whoa, with Blair Price. buddy. I don't. I didn't buckle up for this. <laughs> well, you have time. Buckle up now, man. Buckle you should have. You should have brought me the buckling chair because I'm just sitting in a. It's a regular folding. If you would have sat in this chair right there, yeah. this piece of crap chair, it would have sent you backwards like a bucking bronco. Like it is. We these chairs. These hey, chairs. In the our title house. of this podcast is going to be whoa, whoa, whoa of somebody. <laughs> Flailing their arms and falling. Somebody's you for sure. Got to get rid of some of these chairs in this house, man. Driving me nuts. All right, where are we going with this? I'd like to make my point now. All right, to say that just like last season, there are uh, goalkeepers at six in terms of price that are at the premium price point of six. Ederson and Allison were there last season. They're there again this season. Joined this time by Mendy, Eduardo, as you like to call him. (laughs) 
Mendy <laughs> yeah. for Chelsea. That's he's also at six. And yeah, I just call people by their name. He, That's not really his name, but that's fine. Whatever. Uh, he's at six as well. Interesting that he gets to join the Ederson and Allison club. The the man you mentioned, Emiliano Martinez, five and a half. Yeah. That's juicy for, for Aston Villa. I know it's Villa, but you know how I feel about Aston Villa, Dave. We argued about this when we recorded our, our duet of an episode. Sure. For Martinez to be at five and a half, I, I'm rarely a fan of owning a player in the previous season and then carrying him into the next season. But I think Emiliano Martinez breaks that rule for me. No, I, yeah, it, like I don't fault anyone, honestly. Mendy, Mendy, Allison, or Ederson. If you look at the Chelsea, Liverpool, in add United into there, so that's another thing too. Where's Henderson land? Is Henderson the starting goalkeeper uh, for? Uh, is United going to sell? Is United I mean, going to sell is busy riding the bench for Spain right now. And they just also brought in Tom Heaton. So there's right. an extra, they did. I think I, my guess is De Gea is going to be sold. That's my guess. And that Dean Henderson is going to be the starting goalkeeper for United. Yeah, I think that's fair. And Henderson's and, five. And he's five up. Pounds, yeah. So if you went with a Henderson Tom Heaton handcuff, so be, because here's the deal. United had as much or as many clean sheets last year, almost as City and well, Liverpool was down. At like, but I expect Liverpool to be back up this year in their clean sheets. So honestly, as I'm looking at it, I might actually, uh, I might actually go with with Henderson. Uh, oh, be, just because he's a few cents cheaper. Henderson is like we said, five pounds. Heaton is not yet listed for Manchester United on he'll FPL. He'll be a four zero when he comes four in. Four and a half, a, maybe. No, he'll it's be United. A, it's United though, man. United backup goalkeeper. Four. I, I think four and a half. Maybe. Uh, which you know, five and four and a half at goalkeeper. You know, that's not terrible when you consider. You know, if you're going to do the handcuff method at uh, or or uh, you know strategy for City. Or Liverpool or Chelsea, you're looking at spending a whole pound more. At least. The other thing that keeps I'm a little wary about is you you figure Maguire and Shaw and Rashford and who else? Who else? You're going to want to own three Bruno, three uh, other United players. Yeah, right? no, 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 no. You'll want to own. No, Jayden I'm talking Sancho. about. You'll want to own Sancho. No, so no, no, no. I'm talking about guys who are playing deep currently right now into oh, the Euros. Okay. Well, Lindelof just ended his run into the Euros for Sweden. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, there's a big rumors that uh, Rafael Varane uh, could be coming in. And he, he might, just ended his time at the he, Euros. He might be Pogba's next. out with France. He might be next to Maguire. I just wonder. Fred look, is starting for Brazil in the Copa. Looking at Which shocked me, United schedule, home to Leeds, at Southampton, at Wolves, home Newcastle, at West Ham, home Villa. Kind of like that. a decent schedule. Yeah, I just wonder like who's available for them during this stretch. That's my point. Gotcha. Very good. So you said Harry. I know the Villa players will be there. Like I know week one Villa's gonna be ready to play. Yes. I don't know if United will truly be ready to play until like week three three or four. We we got off on this tangent at goalkeeper because we brought up uh, it it actually started with Pierre Emerick Aubameyang at ten pounds at forward. I want to come back a little bit to our debate in our last episode. I'm very high on Villa. You're obviously a fan of Arsenal. And you like Aubameyang at ten pounds at forward? Is Aubameyang in your in your no. threesome at forward? No, dude, it's so hard to put together a team. Oh my! I mean, my you want to hear my front line? I do. It's crazy. It's not wicked crazy, 
Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Callum Wilson, and Mikael Antonio. What's wrong with that? There's nothing. Nothing yet. It could be could be awesome. I like I like Callum Wilson at the start of seasons because he's healthy. I like Mikael Antonio <laughs> at, at the, the start, start of seasons season because he's healthy. He's healthy. Yeah. yeah. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin, uh, especially with the rumors are that Richarlison is is making a deep run with Brazil, so he might not be. Those ready. are rumors. They are still in the Copa. They are. Okay, fair enough. They are making a run. Richarlison won't be there for the first couple of weeks, so it will be on DCL's shoulders. But one would argue that DCL scores better when Richarlison plays with him. Calvert-Lewin is eight. Callum Wilson, seven and a half. And Antonio, seven and a half. Correct. It so seems you've got like three mid, mid-blind forwards in your lineup. I was yes. going to say, I feel like this, I feel like it's because you're, the seems like the prices are going to keep people away from, definitely, like you said, definitely from Vardy. I think for sure Aubameyang didn't do anything to inspire any confidence in anyone no, last and I, season. and I agree with that. So that, I think, is enough, regardless of freshness or whatever, that you know, I just don't think the price is going to be appealing at all. And Kane's going to be owned by a lot of people, but I think that might just be... Uh, it's like last season where you're, you're kind of like hedging ahead of the start of the... Just hedging ahead of the start of the season. That I just feel like the price point of the expensive people... Kane included, if if you're getting him, it's ahead of the the start of the season. It's like last season where, uh, do you own Bruno Fernandez going into week one? So you don't have to have him. You don't have to transfer him in. You just make it work with other players. I feel like that would be the reason why Kane is owned as high as as, as much as he is. That's true because have you seen who who uh, Spurs play, which is Harry Kane's current team, week one. Manchester City. Manchester City. That's a juicy week one. Wow, that's that's called trolling by the Premier League schedule makers. Wow. Spurs City week one. Are you kidding me right now? That, that, I feel like that never happens. They never. That's that's kind of wild. Well, but, yeah. I mean, that's 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 ridiculous. I, I just think the second part of that though is the quality of the players priced under nine pounds is high. So yeah. I don't feel like I feel like everyone like that's why when you say I have these three guys, I'm like that's not bad. And if you honestly, if you had said, I don't know how far down you'd have to go. Maybe Pookie. If you had said I have Pookie as my third striker, I still might have just said, Yeah, I can so see it. The other, six. the other thing I I do like about this is they all three of those have potential. One or two of them will do well, and they'll have potential to start gaining in value. Now Wilson and Antonio play each other as well week one. Have you noticed that yet? I have not paid attention to that, no. That's great. Who are you more interested in when New, uh, Newcastle and West Ham play? Where's the game located? In Newcastle. Then I like Mr. Wilson. <laughs> and I like Mr. Antonio. I don't have any defenders from either team, yeah, so I rock and that's roll. Great. That's great. That's not true. I have Sioux Fall. I love no, Sioux Fall. I just There's so many. I, you, that's, that's not even getting into, like, Raul Jimenez may or may not be ready. Ready to go. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about players like that who have, you already know what the potential is for them so i just feel like there are so many options and and you could even if you just went i'm going to pick three players under nine pounds that are owned less than five percent right now you could put together a good a good set of strikers last season's darling patrick bamford will start the season at eight pounds really really wanted to own him is he worth it and i well i kind of wanted to go watkins too seven and a half yeah yeah in fact i 
had to get rid of. I had too many Villa players. I have. I, had, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't get walking. I had Bamford almost all of last season. Don't really feel like I want him again. Uh, that's the thing. That's you know the the rule I'm breaking for Mariano Martinez. I don't know that I want Bamford again this season. Why? He but I made a lot of bets against Ollie Watkins last season. I'm freed up now to own him this season. So maybe <laughs> Ollie Watkins is my guy. But look, Bamford's a young guy. He's only going to get better. I feel like. I know he tried hard to wasteful. make the. I know he tried hard to make the Euro team. Just imagine if he's worked hard really this summer to not be so wasteful, and, and to make the World Cup team. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm serious. That's what he's working for. Yeah, he'll he's, want to be on the World Cup. He's openly talked about World that. World Cup is next summer, thanks yeah. to COVID. So, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He rocks out a year. Well, look, we love guys. Oh, wait, next winter, excuse me. We love Whatever. guys in contract years. How is that going to play out? We've yeah. never talked about that. It doesn't That's, matter. That's a pod for another day. Yeah, no kidding. Anyways. Hashtag so, human rights. No, I, I might try to get Bamford in. I might bring Bamford in for DCL. I, I don't know. i got to try to figure this whole Rafa thing out. This is what I'm saying. This is – there's – I don't. I feel like you're gonna. This is splitting hairs. I feel like you're gonna end up. Seven of these guys are gonna do something, and you're gonna have one or two of them, and yeah. you're gonna say, "Oh, I should have. Maybe it's that. that <laughs> look at those right. green. Okay. Look at those green matches. So Brian, look at all that green they have. No, no, no. <laughs> look at all them gray matches they Serious have. Serious question. Oh. Serious question, Brian. Um, mercy me, God Almighty. What am I gonna make decision here? And I, I just feel like it's a lot of the, a lot of the same kind of guy. What that are, are all you capable. going to use to make that decision? That's this is the key that our listeners need to know. What are you going to use? What criteria will help you? make the decision on because you're right uh, when we ended the season last season there were a bunch of guys between seven and nine that at different points uh, you know in the last half of the season were were in form there are options here and the money hasn't changed much so that that's changed really at all so when you start the season like what criteria dave did you use or will you use when you finalize your squad and brian what criteria are you going to use is it matchups? La- yeah, I mean that's where it's gonna. I mean that's where I feel like it's inevitably going to start. I mean ownership. Ownership. It. I mean this is the sad part of the of the game is that the ownership is going to force your hand on some of these things. So because it, you don't want to lose right, out. On if it gets high enough on rises. right, if you if it gets high enough on certain players to start the season, you know right away like I'm going to miss those points, and literally everyone else is going to have them. So. So it's and then the second thing for me every season ends up being because of the expensive premium like the premium midfielders and which one or two or possibly three am I going to try to squeeze in there yeah so it always ends up being like that and that's where I I mean this might be a perfect storm of a price season where you're like I am now able to put together a budget set of strikers that are only yes. budget by price, yes. and, and which allows me to do a little bit more uh, in my midfield. You're not wrong. Than I, I, when I did in previous seasons. My rule has always been you build your week one squad for week one. You do keep it a little bit of an eye towards future weeks because you don't want to have to play your wild card right away if you can avoid it. But at the same time, you want week one to work. Like you don't build a you don't build your week one squad thinking about the whole season. You think about it for week one, and so. I'm looking at things that are new. You talked about new managers. You referenced Rafa Benitez. I tried to transition him in. I thought yes. it was a perfect transition, and you, Brian just blew through it. It's okay. I'm back to it. Okay. So Rafa Benitez <laughs> is still in the city of Liverpool. 
but he's back. Managing he's never still. He's back. In I don't the think city. he ever sold his house in okay. the city. Or All right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. But what, you know fine. What I mean. He he was gone to Newcastle. He's on the blue side of town, and then he went somewhere else, and now he's back. And honestly, that's really great for them. <laughs> that's about as good as they could have done following Carlo Ancelotti's sudden departure. I think is bringing Rafa Benitez into town. I so, thought it was a great move by them. Now, what that does for the squad, we don't know. That is a new manager. We talked about Nuno Espirito Santo but, but, for Spurs. But we can go back a little bit and look at what did he do for Newcastle. He did good things. Who was benefiting for him at Newcastle? The strikers were and the attacking midfielders were. Okay. Right? I mean, there was players that were fantasy-worthy when he was managing Newcastle. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Matt Ritchie. He brought them into fantasy relevance. He turned Matt Ritchie into a midfielder. <laughs> or a defender. I, I can't Ritchie, remember. I think Ritchie Ritchie is the ultimate flip-flopper. Every he year he yeah, goes from year. midfield true. to defense. We'll see. And back with, again. With Rafa, he, no, not Rafa. This is Newcastle. Whatever. Whoever's managing Newcastle. I don't even remember It's anymore. not Steve Bruce still? Probably is, Steve Bruce. It is Steve Bruce. But he still flip-flopped, didn't he? Didn't he move? Didn't he change position? Yeah, he changed again. Yeah, there's like six ha- I'm telling you, it happens yeah. every year. Whatever. Anyway, I like to avoid things that are new. I want to go with as much of a sure thing as I possibly can. Miliano Martinez feels like as close to a sure thing as possible. And week one, he's playing at Watford. You don't love the at, but I love the Watford. And it's Miliano yeah. Martinez, so it doesn't really matter. Well, right? and, that, and I would say, I mean, that, that first three weeks for... Aston Villa works for everyone at Aston Villa. The The downside is the loss of, I mean, what would obviously be the loss of Jack Grealish. I feel if like he's that, gone. If he leaves. I've said this on our Slack workspace, though. I think his late season injury last season is going to be a blessing in disguise because they figured out how to win matches when he was hurt at the end of the season. Yeah. And they will use that knowledge and they will take that confidence that they know that they can do that into the next season if they are grealish and and i would say losing grealish is uh is one is one major loss but they're signing that got they brought in emiliano buendia yes who who is that that's if he's anything at all like he was for norwich two seasons ago yep that is such an unbelievable signing for them and they're not done this summer. They're still putting bids in for guys. And this is coming off of last summer where they made significant signings. multiple signings. I mean, as we're sitting here, Buendia is 11, 11.5% selected. And I would just think that seems that seems What's his price? nuts. He's 6.5. So, I, I mean, you see that and just think if Grealish does leave and Buendia is now the, the, cre- the creative force there for them, that becomes possibly the steal of the of the midfield for sure i just want to finish my my right. thought real quick and i had something to say about that perfect Go ahead, finish that so thought. i like to avoid newness as much as possible i want to go with sure things as much as i can you know bruno fernandez being a midfielder at manchester united is about as sure thing as you can get same manager same system everything's the same same guy Mo Salah, same way. These are obviously very premium midfielders. They're in the 12s to start the season. Bruno at 12, Mo Salah at 12 and a half. Son, we talked about, there's a little uncertainty there. New manager, we're not quite sure what it's going to look like. Who will his teammates be? We don't know. So that 10 looks a little different to me. Looks a little, that's a pricey 10 with all the newness around it. And then I go to matchup and I look, they're playing Manchester City week one. 
I'm not going to be thrilled about having Sun in my lineup for week one. Maybe after that, but Sun's an easy free transfer in a later week. So maybe he's not going to be in my lineup in week one. These are some of the things I'm looking at when I'm trying to make my squad. What I'm going to do at the beginning of the season this year uh, that, that I didn't focus on as much last year, there's three match weeks into the international break. I want to try to get to nail the first three match weeks because, as we all know, if you get behind, it is hard to catch up in FBL. And so the only thing that matters to me right now is the first three weeks. What can I do to get to maximize my scores with the best matchups, guys that I know will be playing that won't be thrown off by the summer tournaments that are going on, and how can I benefit benefit from all that information along with then nailing the captain? So obviously that last year was my issue was I could never get a, a captain even though I was going with I wasn't reaching for captains. I was going with good guys. I just would pick them on the wrong weeks. Got to do better with that. But also, the only thing to me that matters for the first three weeks is the first three weeks. And nailing that is, I don't think, if, if anyone in, in FPL, all they should worry about right now is the first three weeks. Because honestly, you have that wild card. It's usually a good reset because we end up learning a lot in the first three weeks. Yeah. And or guys are coming back from... You know, they're now rested and they're coming back and all these different things. And When it comes to the wild cards, I always like to wait as long as possible. I, I, I always hope that my squad is good enough to be able to wait on my second half wild card, but I never hesitate to use my first half wild card early. With, like you said, when we get a chance to see some of these guys in real matches and you can hit the reset button pretty quick, it that can be key because when you get off to a poor start, it's impossible to recover. Here's another tidbit that could, may happen, I don't know. That kid, Brandon Williams, defender for United, he might be playing the first three weeks because Luke Shaw's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, that type of stuff, and, and he played a decent amount of games for them last year, so it's not like that's a huge risk throwing that kid out there. He's probably been working his butt off all summer. So it's those types of things that I'm kind of keeping my eye on and trying to be ready for the season. Let's move into the midfield a little bit. I already mentioned Bruno at 12, Mo Salah at 12 and a half. Uh, also at those premium prices, you have Sadio Mane still hanging out there at 12, despite a down year last year. And KDB, same thing. He's also at 12. Same kind of guy, though. Talk about a down year for Sadio Mane and still finishes as one of the top scorers out of all midfielders. Doesn't last. make sense. It, it's, it's a, it's a weird sense. It's a weird thing to talk about him having a down year whenever he actually got the numbers when it was it's all true. said and done. But which of these guys are you willing to spend that kind of money on? Dave, I know you've already kind of filled out a squad and played around with this a little bit. What premium midfielders do you have? I One. Salah. Just one? Yeah. Mo my, Salah? Yeah. Really? My, my midfield is, is Salah, Grealish, Mount, Jack Harrison, and James Ward-Prowse right now. James Ward-Prowse. Of course I, James Ward-Prowse. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, why not Bruno? Why not Sadio Mane? Because Salah, I think, is the more sure thing. Uh, Mane's emotional. And Salah's got a rhino foot and misses a lot of easy shots because no, no, he, he has no zero touch. got to stop it right But now. he does score goals. I think he'll be – I think he'll kick some penalties for him. Uh, he will, yeah. And I think that Bruno is going to be exhausted. And he was horrible in the Euros. He played a lot of minutes for United last year. I'm not going to start the season with Bruno. I think – so here's, the, here's what I think about Bruno. 
I don't know that it was fatigue. Remember how we've talked about Bruno. If the circum, if the conditions around him aren't just right, he's not superstar status. And a lot of that has to do with Paul Pogba's presence on the pitch with him. When Pogba's out there, Bruno tends to defer. He tends to fall back. And his FPL results aren't as good as a result. I just think, you know, Bruno is playing alongside Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not going to be the guy ever on Portugal. And so he deferred. He fell back. He wasn't really a part of what was happening there in attack. And I think that's ultimately what was the cause of Bruno not playing well. I don't think that translates to Manchester United's Bruno Fernandes. So Pogba's starting next to him week one? Maybe. So, so, then, so then going by what you just said, what happens? I think Pogba's going to be a United player this year. I, I guess it just depends leader. on which Paul Pogba it is. I mean, keep in mind, Pogba in a France kit is very different than Pogba in a United kit. And we've seen this in the Euros. There is a classification of player who are just very different. They play as if they get paid by their country, not their club, right? And Paul Pogba is one of those guys. Pogba. So I'm not sure well, that that's going to translate. My, opinion, my opinion on why that is is this, and I, and I feel like I'm spot on. You can disagree, but you'll be wrong. Pogba does great playing for country because he's playing against defenders who don't play together much. The, the defenses from the other teams, they don't train every day. They train four or five times a year together for a couple days at a time, and they probably play about five or six games throughout the year together. Those are the defenses that Pogba looks good against. The defenses during the regular season that are cohesive, that are cohesive and yeah. that play together all the time and that know how to man mark him, know when he's dangerous. They know all his nuances because they're actually defenses they that scout. work on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they scout, and the, their scouting department knows exactly what to do. All of a sudden now Pogba is put into a, a structure that's not playground-ish. In other words, like, you know, and then now all of a sudden he doesn't look as good. You know, you know. So that is not a surprise. You know, I did I did theater in my tiny little high school. Yeah. In my tiny little college, I went to for two years before I transferred to a much bigger college. Yeah. I did theater in those little tiny places because I was a man among boys in those tiny sure. places. Then I went to the big college and I didn't even try out because <laughs> I was terrible. <laughs> oh man! And I realized that I don't have talent. I was just good in a very small crowd. Well, that's what you're describing with Paul Pogba. This is not an NBA. Uh, podcast, Brian. Yeah. But if if how many guys yard legends, you know, chain chain net basketball court legends are there everywhere, and that you know you wonder like why'd that guy never make the NBA? Well, because yeah, all of a sudden you put some structure around him and he can't do anything. But if it's just freelancing on the courts on the Sunday afternoon with no pressure, yeah, man, I'm awesome. Put him in a jersey, a referee on the floor. And all of a sudden, the dude can't dribble, can't shoot, can't pass. Do you know who he reminds me of, actually? I'm not saying Pogba is that. Uh, My point is, he's close. is when he plays against cohesive defenses instead of the guys who play together a couple times a year, all of a sudden, now he struggles. And well, I'm, but, I'm totally with you. And, you know, it's funny. As I was watching him in the Euros, I kept thinking to myself, and this is definitely not a tennis podcast, but he reminds me of his countryman, Gael Monfils who's a French tennis player. Wow, is this getting He deep. is total freestyle, but when he, when, when he has to actually play someone who's you know, top-shelf, world-class, he's terrible because he doesn't have the same technique. He doesn't have the same, you know, uh, um, uh, what's the word, cardio. He doesn't have all that stuff. So you know, 
I think Pogba, I think you're exactly right. And the problem is with United, and you know, the reason why OGS doesn't seem to really favor him or know what to do with him on the whole is because day in and day out, that's what you get from Paul Pogba. You you don't get the hard work rate. You don't get the you know the focus on technique and the fundamentals. You get Paul Pogba and his emoji and his hairstyles, and his talent. And, and there's and his no na- doubt his talent natural there. talent. His natural talent. That he's not but there's taking not, further. And, and he's not taking further because he doesn't work hard enough. Right. But too, for Manchester United, though, when he has been locked in and when he has been a more progressive forward running midfielder, he was essential at times in the past few but seasons. Small, small blips. I, I don't no, think. I'm saying for weeks and weeks on end, with it, like w- between between five and ten weeks of essential Paul Pogba, there were times where he was, you needed him in your team, and then an injury derailed it, or a change in system derailed it, or whatever. I'm saying like with this team, he's never going to be that guy because they have Rashford, Cavani, uh, now Mason Greenwood, soon to be Jaden Sancho. Bruno Fernandez has been filling a lot more of the forward creative role of that, and he's also the guy who's getting into, you know, he's getting into better scoring positions. I don't think you said Anthony Martial. No, he's I, in there too. Was in there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like peak Anthony Martial was a same thing. Could have yeah, you could yeah, have said yeah. the same thing. Both French, by the way. Interesting. Pogba is. Whoa, na- I just easy. doesn't seem like Pogba is ever going to be in that spot. There, he no. will. It seems like with this Manchester United team, he'll never be asked to. It's be never that been the right guy. fit, has it? No, and it's, so it's a classic United signing. Superstar name doesn't actually fit in when you put him on the pitch. Yeah, if, if here's he, the true if, test, though, Brian. Both Paul Pogba and Mason Greenwood start the season at seven and a half. Which one are you more likely to own in FPL? Oh my gosh, Mason Greenwood, and it's not close. Dave, For sure. you agree? Oh yeah. That's. I mean, that's resolved then, right? I mean, that's that's it. Now, there's been one interesting signing, I think, and it's it's one of those where, you know, those who maybe don't follow FPL super closely be like, wait, that's a signing? And the answer is yes, it is. Jack Harrison yeah. is going Permanent. to play for Leeds next season. So that means that we have some decisions to make about Leeds midfielders because you've got Stuart Dallas listed yeah, as a midfielder now. Yeah, but all those points now. are showing up with Stuart Dallas. A lot of those, defender I'm guessing, points. are defender points. They are. Yeah. So that defender, is horribly yeah. – I remember where Jack Harrison ended up. We Everyone was on Rafinha at the end of last season. Scott, you own Harrison a lot, and Harrison was the one that just quietly was there all year. Trucked through. So here's the interesting thing. you got Dallas at five and a half, Harrison at six, Rafinha at six and a half. Which Leeds midfielder are you most likely to own at those price points? I own Jack Harrison. You mentioned Jack Harrison. I, I, th- I think you need to own at least one or two Leeds guys. And honestly, Alioski in defense is probably is not, for Leeds. Has been released. Alioski doesn't play for Leeds anymore. <laughs> Therefore, who is going to be the Leeds outside? Because Dallas, Dallas, like Dallas and Alioski were defenders yep. who were worth playing last year. Yeah, because, because they, they because were, they were they so were advanced. playing offensive. Yeah. yeah. So who's going to be those? Who's going to fill those spots? I mean, I, for I feel Bielsa like, this year. I think I I it I how's the ownership? I mean, I assume it's Rafinha is higher for now. Jack Harrison is holy cow. Jack Harrison barely cracks the top thirty in terms Rafinha of percentage. Twenty six percent. And Harrison's at at four point one percent. That's surprising. Yeah, Stuart Dude. Dallas is at eighteen percent as a midfielder. 
I mean, that is definitely not where I'm going. I'm going Jack Harrison number one, and he is number three on the list right now among FPL players. I get the I get the Dallas choice just on the just that extra point five. No, people are people are being confused by the Sh- points. Sure, like no, said. I agree. The points definitely skew it, but I think he still is. His function isn't. If his function doesn't change, and he's still doing what he was doing as Stuart a Dallas. yeah, if he's still positionally in the same Stuart Dallas, I feel like it's the, the capability is still. But he's the capability is one thing. Up with those points. But now, granted, points, Leeds didn't have that many clean sheets. No, but the but points are going to come in differently. He was That's getting the six thing. points for goals. Yes, and he was getting clean sheets. Yes, exactly so, my point. So he he had I don't know three or four goals. Leeds had twelve clean sheets. I'm sure he played for most of those. He's not getting those. What is it? Two clean sheet points for midfielders? Is that Dallas what it is? had? Up, Dallas had up, eight goals scored in twelve clean up sheets. Points. Yeah, okay, so he's only getting right, twelve no, on, points for those so clean that's, sheets. So right there, that's twenty. Okay, so twelve clean sheets. That's 48 extra points. Along with eight goals Min- scored. Minus 12. So it's 36 extra points. Yeah. 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 So Sir Dallas' I, value I, I, no, is I, immediately reduced as a midfielder. I, I'm saying I understand this. I understand it based on money. But I am, that's why, I, to the previous comment, I am shocked that Jack Harrison, after what we saw of Jack Harrison to end the season last season, that Jack Harrison's at 4%. That is a, that is a shockingly yeah. low It won't be a, there a when percentage. August rolls around. I can't well, imagine no, it would I, be. I th- I'm Guaranteed. telling you, I. I th- well, then I'm gonna own a diamond was, in the rough in Jack Harrison. I do. I currently do. That's what I'm telling yeah. people. I, for whatever reason, he's well, off I'm, the radar. His I'm name is too common. Own the same. I don't squad know as you, <laughs> right? Because that's what we do. We have the same squad and different captains. So yeah, no. Jack Harrison is a. Du- I mean, that's a slam dunk. I. That's a differential pick for week one. Now here's the real question. Leeds play Manchester United. Yeah, is it going to be a four three right. match or one of those nil nil matches? It's just that yeah, I think this is where the the red is going to throw everyone off the first two weeks for Leeds too. Just because that you're they're... you're going to see Manchester United and Everton, and I I just don't I. I'm sorry. United is a red. Yes, at, away at, away at, at United. At United. Scott, they had is a, is a red. I don't know one less clean sheet. The color coding chart year? is a mess. Then. The color, Everton the, the is color, not a the red color coding chart immediately affects everyone's decision making in their brains to start the season. Well, sure, so, I get why it affects you in your brain, but no. listen to this podcast and know that Everton is not a red matchup no, in week two not. of the season. And I can't imagine that Manchester United is a red matchup in week one of the season. Look, um, Dave, he, I, he, I, here's the other thing, and I just want to mention real quick, and then, and then we'll be done. But Leeds' first four matches at United, home Everton, at Burnley. Home Liverpool, it's not easy. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't think Two there's. Thoughts on that. I don't think there's a necessity to have to have them necessarily. I just think that that those three guys, all three of the people we're talking about, Rafinha, Dallas, and Jack Harrison, are in a a terrific price price range. points for sure. So, I agree. With but you. Scott, go ahead. Two thoughts on that. Number one, who better to have on your bench for those first four weeks than Jack Harrison? Number two, when those matchups are over. It's Who better to have in your lineup than Jack Harrison, for sure. Leeds midfielder? For yeah. sure. I'm not scared by their schedule. No, by I'm not either. I'm only. Schedule is just one criteria that you use. Criterion of all the criteria. criteria. I think criterias. Criterias. Yes, one criteria yes. that you use. <laughs> Uh, to determine who to play in your in your squad, criterioi is the plural. Yeah, I knew Jack, it. I knew Jack it. Harrison is probably going to be in my lineup week one. For um, sure. Dave, uh, midfielder, your boy uh, Bukayo Saka. 
I am I am surprised that the first thing you didn't say as soon as you said, "Welcome to the FPL America podcast." How do we start the show? <laughs> what do you say at the beginning? Yeah. I can't believe the next very next thing was this is Bukayo Saka. I can't believe you didn't introduce. What's his yourself. price? He is six point five. So I had six him in my five. team, and I my team was complete. And then I realized James Ward-Prowse was not in my team. Uh, and he was the 6.5. See what, you sacrificed Saka for JWP? See, see what well, you've so, done to yourself? It was either, okay, so it's not going to be Salah. Okay, so, right. so now it's either Harrison, who is 6 yeah. So that didn't fit. <clears throat> so now it's either Mason Mount or Grealish. I like Mason Mount at 7.5 to start the season. So now, like, he's in the Euros, though. I know. And, and he played in the quarterfinals. Saka has started. played some too. Saka hasn't played as much. That's what, that's the big but thing. That's Mount, what I was Mount say. missed Mount missed some games because uh, he got thrown out of there because of COVID. True. Stuff. So true. It's not but, like. But Mount is in as long as England is in, and as we sit here, you know, we're in between the quarters and the semis of the Euros. I would be shocked if Mount doesn't start the rest of the way, whatever that means for England. For anyone else who doesn't have to own James Ward-Prowse the entire year, <laughs> I would own Bukayo Saka. I, it's 6-5. That's stupid. It's I, a stupid uh, price point for him. Same thing. It's going to be a great year for Bukayo Same Saka. thing for – same. Sure. Th- well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same thing for Arsenal. You start the season. They st- actually start the season against, you know, against Brentford. Then weeks two and three, it's Chelsea and Manchester Oh, City. that's that's got 1-1 one, one all over it, though. What, Brentford, Brentford won, Arsenal won. Sure, absolutely. Dave's going to no, reject this, uh, this that Arsenal. Thought. This Arsenal, they'll have a clean sheet the first week. Uh, okay, nil-nil then. But it's Chelsea, not gonna Chelsea be Manchester City, and then starting after the international break, starting what would be game week four, it's just a lot of really, I'd say, mostly good matchups. I'd like to tell listeners on. what I'm going to do when I actually make my week one squad. I am going to make a chart. Probably in an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, I love that. Of all of the club's first three matchups. I'm going to put them all out so I can see them all together. Not necessarily going to color code them like FPL's website does. But I am going to put them all together so I can see. Because I do want to, I do want to make the best decisions for the first three weeks, like you said. For sure. Those international breaks, I, as much as I hate them, they do provide important breaks and milestones for you to be able to use and divide up the beginning of the season into segments. So the first three weeks I'm going to treat as a segment. For sure. And I'm going to try to put a squad together that's good for week one, but also two and three. How do you win the first three weeks? Yep. How do you beat the guys around you and yep. win the first three exactly. weeks? That's got to be your focus. To start and that us. will impact who I put in as my, as my starting, you know, opening 15 to start the season in my squad. Uh, for these first three segments. I, I do, though, like Mason Mount at 7.5 at that price. It's outstanding. Let's talk briefly about defense, shall we? Uh, we've already mentioned TAA 7.5, Robertson 7. I don't see why anyone would hesitate to maybe go to at least one of those two guys. Would you agree? Do you have either of those guys in your life? Yeah, you said I, TAA, right? I do. Yeah, I, I have TAA. Uh, I also have currently have Luke Shaw, Sufal, uh, Fofana, and Lamptey. Is it surprising to you that Ruben Diaz is only six pounds to start the well, season? Well, no, I wanted to own him, but because I think he's going to be a mainstay, obviously, there at, with City. I think City's going to get a lot of clean sheets. I just I like TAA better just for the attacking reasons. And then I'm yeah. looking at four or five defenders I think have value, Lamptey, Fofana, and Sufal. I just love Sufal, so I was determined he takes the bus still to – to work so like he's gonna be in my team at a 5-0 intangibles for your and then, and, then, <laughs> and then luke shaw 
Uh, I could be talked out of Luke Shaw, possibly. I might make a move there, depending on, on it, what the w- rumor is about him starting week one, because he has played all summer. I love that you mentioned Tariq Lamptey. He was someone that Brian and I were very high on. You were a little lower on to start the season, but it it was there. He was there for Brighton. For sure. And then he got hurt and obviously didn't come back. Uh, what's his price point, Dave? Four or five. Yeah. So it's the same as it was last year. Yeah. I'm a big fan of having maybe felt- one, like, one anchor defender like a TAA or Robertson and then a 4-5 rotation where I can play two or three defenders at 4-5 based on matchup and just hope for the best. Tariq Lamptey is absolutely one of the best 4-5 midfielders you can bring in. His teammate, Veltman, is the other guy that I was like, oh. Veltman's out, like I'm, outstanding. I'm trying to. It seems as though Arsenal's like going to Ben White, yeah. which is one less Brighton defender option. So if you're looking at multiple Brighton defender options, Ben White maybe won't be an option by the time this summer ends. I, yeah, I don't think he for will. Brighton. For he will. But for you know Arsenal. what's you know what's outstanding though is that the prices are already locked in, right? That's right. That's true. So, so when he goes to Arsenal, if Ben White goes to Arsenal, and he's again, still going to be four or five. Again, this is an Arsenal team that's not going to be having European games, so it is yeah strictly only, strictly looking at domestic. The only. Four or five defender on Arsenal that I would consider at this point is Rob Holding. Kieran Tierney's five, but I'm not going near his injuries. Rob Holding at four or five. Ben White, if, if he goes looking, over there at four or five, is potentially a good option. If you're trying to win the first three weeks because of Arsenal's schedule playing City and Chelsea after Brentford, I would steer clear of all Arsenal players for the first First three half weeks. wild card. So you bring in, the, bring in the Arsenal defender with your first half wild card. For sure. Yeah, if you make a move on the international break, yeah, start bringing in one of the, the cheaper Arsenal def, uh, defenders, for sure. Rob Holding or Ben White. Cancelo is also six. Speaking of City defenders, going back to, you know, we mentioned Diaz earlier. So Diaz and Cancelo are also are both at six pounds. Either of those guys, guys you consider to have to start the season? I like Diaz. I don't know what happened to Cancelo at the end of last season, Brian. Just so, that they were rotating constantly and that everything that he had done to get everyone's uh, trust was gone by Pep Roulette. So I, I don't I don't see it as uh I think he did enough during his most productive stretches mm. that he would he seems to be the the first choice. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I would say own him early. The two guys who seem to always be at the top of the overall defender points, we don't talk about them all season long, but they always seem to be at the top by the end of the season. And therefore, if you owned them all season, you would be happy. Aaron Cresswell of West Ham, barring health, and Lewis Dunk going back to Brighton. Yeah. Is there any reason why you wouldn't spend five and a half on Aaron Cresswell and five on Lewis Dunk, and then just forget about those two defender positions? Well, just I mean, Cresswell is I think really safe, and they're like they're really well. I mean, they both are in that sense. Cresswell just because he's on free kicks, and Lewis Dunk because he's a constant goal threat. So. I think Brighton's an extremely popular choice already. I mean, you. I think a, a Brighton triple up with Robert Sanchez. I mean, not that we're not on goalkeepers yet, but just to say, like Lamptey had a complete bargain at four and a half. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, that, that's everyone's going to look at the those Sanchez, first... Duncan, Lamptey. You would have those three guys. No, I'm just saying, like you have Burnley, Watford, Brentford in your first you know, three of the first four matches, and the other one is home. That's Brighton's schedule. The first, yeah, and then that's they play amazing. Everton in week three. I mean, that's that home. They play home Everton at home. So, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's the those first four matches for Brighton make them extremely useful. Uh, you know, no, regardless of what you know, which which of those people you're talking about, it's not crazy. Dave, just, you're just putting a lot of eggs in the Brighton basket. And, sure. Dave, going back to Everton briefly with Rafa Benitez, I kind of like Mason Holgate as a 4-5 defender option. For sure, right? Like, that's another thing. And like you said, I think earlier in one of the earlier pods, you're like, I'm staring clear from Everton. Like, I don't know what's going on Now there. I'm not. Because I know Rafa. Right. I'm not sure I love everything yet. There's still some, like, how is he going to fit there? And what is he going to see in this squad is all very unknown. But Mason Holgate is probably at a point in his career where he's a starting center back most weeks, right? Well, uh, Alongside Michael Keane. Got in or in Mina. Likelihood. It seems how... We are. I think Holgate's ahead of Mina. And, and he might be. Dina, obviously, is, you know, is a 5-5. But he's five. not a center back. No, I mean, and no, I'm no, not, no, no, for sure. But I'm not going to go to... I don't know. I, I, I'm looking at strictly four or five defenders that could give me some points. Mason Holgate seems like a guy who potentially could do that. Dave, anyone else in the defense that we haven't talked about that you got currently in your squad that you're that you're uh, considering playing with week one? We haven't talked much about Leicester, but Fofana. I think Fofana. we haven't mentioned many Leicester players. Barnes, Harvey Barnes will be back. Let's not forget who that guy is. Right, right. Uh, let's not forget James Madison. I'm assuming he's probably still. Let me mention be. some prices here. So in the midfield, you guys, you mentioned Tielemans six and a half. I know you didn't mention him, but I'm throwing him out there. Madison seven, Barnes seven, all those are guys that that's like third slash fourth defender prices, and you know that you're going to get quality from healthy Leicester midfielders. For sure, Ianacho is at a seven five, right? right. So, like, does Ianacho need to start the season for me instead of Dominic Calvert? Well, by the way, and their new signing, and their new signing, Patson Daka is is already here in FPL as a forward. He is also seven and a half alongside Ianacho. Is there any uh, – that's interesting to me. I always read into FPL prices a little bit. So you've got Vardy at 10.5. We've already said he's on the descent of his career. He's still Jamie Vardy, but I'm not going near him at 10.5. Agree. Ian Nacho at 7.5 is much more attractive than Jamie Vardy at 10.5. But they brought in DACA at the same price point as Ian Nacho. Do I mean, I guess obviously they, they believe there's competition for that spot. Scott, you know Brendan Rodgers. What's he going to do? I mean, I like Ian Acho the most, of course, but it's just interesting to me that does you know, Brendan have a, you know, it's Brendan signing, so Ian Acho yeah. was not. Is, I mean, it, is, it could be just simply that everyone recognizes that Jamie Vardy was not. Yeah, for sure. Is, Daka's, is, is, I mean, is this is dropping. this is drafting the backup quarterback a year before you need him to start, knowing that if he's in the system for a year, he's only going to benefit before he's in the lineup. I, I think Ian Acho is the move. I agree. Especially the way he finished at the end of the season. He was very doing fantastic. So I I, I think – and their schedule to start off the season, uh, home the Wolves at West Ham and then at Norwich. So decent. Leicester's start is pretty good. Yeah. And again, I this like is Ianacho a Wolves team. Look, it's a Wolves team. Why didn't you put him in your forward line then? Well, I'm probably doing that right now. I think I like <laughs> over him who? over Dominic Calvert Lewin. Um, interesting, because of the half half pound you gain. Well, but I but he, they get two of the three games at home too, right? And one of them's against Norwich, West Ham, and the Wolves. You know, you just brought up something that we have not discussed yet. 
fans will likely be back in the stadiums to start the season, right? Has yeah. that even been officially announced? I don't know if that's been official. It's, it's official. Gonna, I mean, it's going to be there. It might not be yeah. 100%, but it'll be there. There'll be fans. Unless the Delta variant it I mean, becomes an issue. <laughs> but, I mean, they're hosting the semis in the final at Wembley of the Euros. You'd think they're going to bring fans into Premier League matches to start August 13th, which means that home and away might actually mean something again yeah, this season. For sure. So I, I, I like that point. And I appreciate you bringing that up so that we can say that here. I think home and away matters. Lester, I was wrong. I, I said they play two of the three at home. They don't. They play two of the three at away. Two of the three now at that you've away. Said that, you're <laughs> two of the three at that. away. So Ianacho back out. No, no. Uh, no, I still uh, like the matchups. And then back to defenders. I still like those matchups. So, yes. Back to defend. But, again, speaking of Lester, uh, Fofana at a 4-5. He's a center back. Yes, he In is. In the past, we've talked about you know, playing, you know, uh, you know, wingers, guys who are going to come forward more as opposed to center backs. But here on this pod so far, we've talked about Ruben Diaz. We've talked about now Fofana and others. Are you changing your mind in terms of what types of defenders? No, you play it's just at field? that, at that price point. What can I get at, okay. at four or five? What can I get? Can I get someone? I think Lester's going to have some clean sheets. I mean, if Lester gets clean sheets, Fofana gets those clean sheet points and you're happy with that. What is so young? You going to play in front of him? Right. Well, right. It, it's going to be it's yeah. going to be Johnny Evans. Well, he might. I mean, at four or five, you're looking also. Or they play a. Ba- I mean, or he, they you're play right. a back three. You're right. He might. Or well, they play a back three. But at four or five, you're looking at Fofana, or you're looking at Luke Thomas. You know, Luke Thomas will spot start at left back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's the the. I think that's the one the 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 part of Leicester that you're most confident in is the Fofana is going to start in the defense yeah you're getting you're getting James Justin back presumably when? at some point I don't know he's still a red triangle sure I mean what did they what, what's the timeline on him I just when I you just open it up in FPL it says unknown return yeah date. just that his injury was serious enough that it's a you know it's going to be an amount of time for him to you know to get back up to speed similar to Ricardo Pereira which which might make the um Oh, it's Ricardo Pereira. But who was filling in on that? Castagna. Timothy, yeah, Tim Castagna, old Timmy. Uh, old no, that that you might that those guys might be those guys might be playing uh, with no uh, no interruption. But that's a that's a I feel like that's a position to be fought for. Uh, those two guys. Fair enough. That's but that's why exactly why you're saying Fofana at four and a half is somebody who is potential to just step in, start in multiple for spots. A, for a, yeah for a quality defense. Brian, is there anyone else that we have not discussed in our James Joyce episode here that you think is worthy of mentioning? I'm I'm happy to see uh, Reese James getting some ownership love here at over ten percent, eleven and a half to eleven and a half percent selected to start. Reese James, you know what's interesting is Reese James is five and a half and Aspilicueta is six. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That and means that makes Reese James a much more attractive own, honestly. Yeah, and you just assume they're going to if they go back to the system they were doing towards the end of the season, it it is, I mean, they're both going to play. I mean, you're going to have, you know, you're going to have Reese James back out there again. I I mean, it's I I think it's funny to see those uh, they see him and Ben Showell as they're not too far off in terms of percent selection to start. Showell's with. also 6. Yeah. Let's not forget, this is a Chelsea team that is going to feel like they can contend for a Premier League title. Oh, for sure, they're coming off the yes. This they is are t- the yes. This is title Champions contender League. Chelsea. Absolutely, they're coming off the Champions League, which we yeah. didn't, which we didn't right? talk like, about. I mean, I know Mason Mount is it's a, a great 
price for him for sure. But at the end of end of season, Kai Havertz, who, he's eight and a half. Yeah, he's not that much more expensive. It's a you know that's a that's a guy that like to me he's really close to a no brainer for me. Just given the quality that he showed by the end of last season, Polisic has dropped down to an eight to start the season. I mean, there's value here. For yeah, sure. tons, assuming, tons assuming of value. He, but we—that's the problem with Chelsea right now—is we don't know who who's playing. Right. Well, I will say I I would be willing to make a bet on how many goals Timo Werner is going to store score this coming season. He starts the season at nine pounds. He had a full year now in the Premier League. I think. He's going to do better, he which is score, not saying a whole lot by will itself. Will he score more goals than his price point? Okay, more goals, than, so more than nine? Yeah. In the Premier League? In the Premier League. I will say absolutely yes Not all that. competitions, okay. He had six in the Premier League last season, which is not a lot. Not a lot. He had some assists, but uh, six goals. I think he scores double-digit goals. Do you disagree, Dave? No. I was trying to. I was kind of hoping you were going to go lower. What's funny is I look, just looking at like to start the season, like tentatively, knowing that Chelsea open at home against Crystal Palace, against this Crystal Palace team, iffy Crystal Palace, everything yeah, iffy about them. That has four nil all over. It. I know, and so that makes. I mean, I get it. Timo Werner is a. He had a laughable season last season in many ways, but man, it's hard not to look at that and say, you know what. I need a if I need a a bit of a springboard by week two or whatever to go from someone expensive up to Kane, if you know, assuming I don't start with him in the team, I would own a Mount Verner combo from Chelsea. Yeah, che- that's Chelsea's what I'm schedule I, isn't great starting off. I mean, they're playing the mighty but Arsenal, but it's title they're contending at, Chelsea at Arsenal. Then they're at Liverpool back to back weeks. Can we just talk briefly about Arsenal? Uh, and then, then they're Liverpool then they're home to Villa, the mighty. Emiliano Martinez, Martinez Villa. Yeah. Then they're at Spurs home city. Chelsea's got the hardest schedule to start of anyone. No, but Nor- it's still Chelsea. Norwich, Norwich does. I don't know why the Premier League schedulers doing them so dirty, but Norwich, 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 Norwich is you know worse. I hate Norwich with all my heart. <laughs> they are the ul- that's because they're the ultimate yo-yo. <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, because they are, and they're and they've embraced it. And I hate a club that's willing to embrace that. They sell Wendia on their way up to the Premier League again. What? What the heck? Norwich? They, they needed some some cash, bud. Oh, well, that's the problem, right? You're coming into cash and you sell for cash? Yeah. I guess that means Todd Cantwell is not going to be in the Scott Weeby first (laughs) week one draft. Yeah. Listen, we will do an episode very soon this summer on the promoted clubs. That actually might be our next episode. It might be, yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, Tamu Puki and Ivan Tony are both going to be extremely overrated to start the Premier League Disagree season. Disagree with you on one of those. Well, I know, and we will tease that for the actual episode when it comes. Uh, I like, though, going back to the original point, I, I do think Timo Werner will have a better season. By the way, Timo Werner, six goals, 12 assists. Yeah. You don't want your forward to assist. We said that no, in the and, of and he Kane. and if anything, I mean, you saw that. I mean, I want to see how many of those were FPL assists and drawing penalties in the area because I feel like that's something that he was he was prolific <laughs> at that. He was capable and also of. prolific at kicking the ball over the over the crossbar well, or beside it or around it. Bamford in some way. did it more than him, though. Yeah, for sure. And but um, no, it's it's. I don't think it's entirely crazy. You just say like the. You, you saw what you saw. You saw a guy with so many good scoring opportunities. If, if he can put it together 
And that's the, of course, the biggest He's if in the history he of the can. Premier League. He can sure, and I think I think this is the season he does. It'd be it would if he if he does nine pounds for somebody again. We're back to where we were at the start of last season. The the big if around Tino Tino here's the Tino. thing Timo Turner Brian Brian Tina Werner Tina Werner yes Brian picture Timo Tina Turner Werner Brian yes picture this uh huh as we speak. Mm. Timo Werner is laying down on a couch. Okay. And next to him, in a chair with a notebook in hand, scribbling notes, is Thomas Tuchel. Yes. He is counseling Timo Werner as we speak. The Werner Visperer. <laughs> he is the nice. Werner Visperer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. He is bringing Timo yeah. Werner's yeah. head back into. The what club did he play for? Leipzig. Yes. Leipzig. He's bringing Werner, the Leipzig Werner, back into Chelsea yes. Blue. It's happening this season. Yes. Heal Mark him. It down. Heal him, Tuchel. Heal him. Heal him. <laughs> Heal him. All right. Anything else that we want to discuss on this particular episode, Dave? There's too many things to talk about on this. Too particular many. Thing. But you know what? It's only as we're recording this, July 5th. We still got a month to talk about all the things we want to talk about, and we're going to do it as we build up to the 2021-22 season. I mean, forget the fact that currently Dave's on a three-week turnaround time with production, all right? <laughs> forget that fact. Okay. We're still going to do everything we can That's right. to build us up to the start of the new season. <laughs> and by the way, listeners... If you are listening to this, we will be letting you know what the league code will be to join the FPL America Podcast League. We want you listening to this to join our league for the upcoming season. For sure. So keep listening. We will give that information out on this podcast. We want you to be a part of what it is that we're doing in the upcoming season. No doubt. I just want to add one more thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't told you guys this. But I have mentally committed, and now I'm verbally committing wow. on mic. This is big. I'm going to do uh, social media uh, for every club based on price. I'm going to talk about ownable options for each club at that price point as we lead into the new season. So it will be 20 wow. different okay. posts, and I'm going to post it across all of our social media channels. So Jeez, that's a lot Twitter, of work. Facebook. Instagram, it's going to be across all those. It'll be video uh, of me letting you know what my thoughts are on all of the different ownable players in FPL for all of the 20 clubs in the Premier League. Now, there's only 15 spots in your lineup, so you can't have a player from every squad, but I'm going to go through, from every club, I mean, but I'm going to go through and I'm going to give you the information that I think is important on social media as we lead into the start of the new season just over a month from now. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's fantastic, Scott. Right on, Brian. We gonna coming up. Are we gonna have FPL uh, America the article? We gonna have a sighting maybe before, right before the season? You at think? some point now that we're back from the beach and there's no other trips planned any time in the near future. Yeah, it's time to. Uh, and I know once I we finish watching the Euros and such. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's Love get it. through some of this other some of this other stuff so we can get closer to the start the of this real stuff. thing. Yeah. The other stuff through the stuff. Yeah. For the FPL America podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.